Welcome to the Experts Podcast, where we take you behind the scenes of what it really means to be in the media. Featuring interviews with media stable experts and some of Australia's prominent media. We'll break down some of the myths, the fears, the skills and the knowledge needed to succeed in the media. The Experts Podcast is for the business owner, communicator, PR professional, leader of industry or anyone looking to develop their profile to be a recognised expert. The Experts Podcast is powered by Media Stable. Well, hello and welcome to another episode of the Experts Podcast. My name is Nick Hayes and there's been someone missing for a little while. She has been sunning herself in Bali, uh, has come back with a little bit of a lurgy, but <laughs> is fighting fit today. Hello, Carmen Braidwood. Hi, Nick Hayes. Thanks for waiting for me. And I'd like to hereby apologise for doing the opposite of what a holiday is supposed to do. I thought I was supposed to come back just brilliant. But instead, as you can hear, I'm still not quite 100%. But it's been a real horrible one, this lurgy. I've heard some really ferocious oh. things talking to other people. It's been shocking. It's a good thing it didn't. It's a good thing it didn't happen two years ago, uh, Calms, because if you cut, if you got a lurgy two years ago, it's, mm. uh, you might as well have the the worst virus uh, disease going around. True. But this person is no virus or disease. That is the worst segue <laughs> to one of our fantastic experts and leadership experts in Craig Johns. But I think what is almost viral and almost is contagious is his leadership process, what he does in the leadership space, what he does as uh, Speakers Tribe, Speakers Institute Corporate, how he uh, controls and works that. Uh, He's got his fingers in so many different pies. Uh, Craig Johns, welcome to the podcast. Uh, Hi, Nick and Carmen. So good to be on here and welcome all the listeners. Well, officially the worst opener for a guest. I will put that down. But <laughs> oh, um, you recovered. It was I'm wobbly really in the keen. middle there. <laughs> 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 you recovered. You got better. Well, you went and got the lurgy calm, so that made it difficult, and I didn't know where to go from there. But look, Craig, I'm really looking forward to this half-hour mm. chat just around leadership and and everything that goes on in that space. I, I, I tend to think that Australia has been void of good leadership. Uh, for a good period of time. And I, I suppose you can naturally look towards the political leaders. Uh, sometimes the business leaders are, are, are fairly ill-performing. But, Craig, what is it about leadership? Where, where, where do po- politicians go wrong? Why can't they be that old-school leader that we, we remember back in the 80s and the 90s, a strong leadership? Or is it, has, it, has things changed? It has has media got too big? Is it is everything on show? I'm, I'm just. There's a lot there for you, Craig. Let's let's kick it off. <laughs> Beautiful. Let's dive into politics straight off the bat. <laughs> I think one of the challenges with politics, and we see this happen all around the world, is it, it becomes very combative. It becomes they go into competitive mode versus a collaboration mode. So rather than all being there for the right intention of let's serve the country and the people here in the best interest. They're more worried about how do they position themselves so that they can get you know a step up in the polls and you know the public popularity contest so that at the next election they can be the ones who are voted in. And so you just always have this real challenge. Plus, you've got a, a real depth of complexity in Australian politics in the layering that you have 
that you need to go through to pass a policy, to make a change. And it, there's so much involved in it. And so the time it takes to be able to make decisions in most cases, unless there's a big crisis, like a pandemic or a fire where it's life or death, and then we kick into gear, they tend to drag things out too long. And unfortunately, that, that makes what could be some really good people that are in politics and some potential really good leaders, they just get caught up in that competition side. And we need to, we need to shift into collaborative space where we've got to go, hey, you know what? The people have voted. They've voted with their feet. And this is what we're dealing with now. How do we work best together to make sure we have a better nation with better people and we're leaving a legacy for our future generations we'll never meet? But am I wrong in my perception, though? Let's, let's sort of go back to the Bob Hawke days, the, the, the Keating days, the, the times where you, the perception around the, the leader seemed to be stronger. They seemed to be the person that we would go to. They, they seemed to not mess up, I suppose, as much as what we, we see with the politicians today. You Maybe it's we've shifted from that command and control type leadership that maybe used to exist where we could be quite authoritative, where now, I think even now, right, it's very difficult as new leaders coming in. We're told you must be a compassionate leader. No, you must be an authentic leader. No, you must be a vulnerable leader. No, you need to be a strategic leader. You need to be a futuristic leader. And do you know what? We need to be all of those at different times. You need those skill sets. But let's stop trying to get caught up in you must be one type of leader. We need all of it. And let's just use a bit of common sense when it comes to leadership. What is required right now? I know from all the years that I have been working as a coach and as a leader and, and even training leaders, the number one thing when people ask me, you know, what is it that what's the most important role or what's the role that you do inside being a coach or a, a leader that you would do most of the time? And I said, it's care. 50% of my role is making sure that people feel like someone cares about them, that cares about the work that they do matters and cares that people actually have more than just a work life. And so I think it's important that from each leader's point of view, that if you focus on care and care doesn't mean you need to be nice and you need to cuddle them all the time. Care means that you are helping someone become better. Now, if you have to have the difficult conversation, you have the difficult, uncomfortable conversation, but you need to make sure you do it in a way where you separate. And this is key. You separate the problem from the person. As soon as you make it personal, that's when you ruin the relationship. That's when you divide the culture. That's when you have issues in regards to people complying to things. If you're able to separate the problem from the person when it comes to conversations, when it comes to not only uh, lifting them up from positive reinforcement, but also sharing those opportunities to improve. Craig, if you're sitting down then with one of these pollies who we set, we tend to watch on TV and we're heavily critical of because we see them speak in seven-second grabs and we think, come on, can you just show me that you're a real person and that you actually care about what's going on in my life? How would you encourage a politician to change the way they communicate and therefore lead? Yeah, it's an interesting one because... If, if, for instance, we want a politician or we want any leader to be authentic and we want them to also be vulnerable, right? So we want mm. them to be who they are, but we need a filter. 
So there always needs to be a filter between authenticity and vulnerability, and that is integrity and responsibility, right? So there's a time and place. So like, let's say if we have Vladimir uh, Valensky, right, the, mm. the president of Ukraine. Now, when Russia came in to attack Ukraine, if he'd stood up and gone and been vulnerable, and I mean really vulnerable, he's going, holy crap, I don't know if I'm going to live today or die today. You know, we're going to lose a whole lot of people. I'm really scared for you. I don't know if I want to do this job. It's so much responsibility. Why am I here? Because all these thoughts of what I'm sure is going through his head, he's human. Sure. Yeah. He's human. Yeah. Now, if he'd come out authentically and said that and showed vulnerability in that sense from that perspective, it wouldn't have been responsible. It would have been irresponsible. Could have caused utter chaos mm. in Ukraine. Utter yeah. chaos. And so we need to use vulnerability and authentic authenticity wisely. And that's why I think integrity and responsibility need to be the filters of it. And they shouldn't be your values, by the way. If, if anyone has integrity and responsibility as their values, there's something seriously wrong because that is core to everything we should be doing in life. And so I, I think if we, if they can focus on that aspect, knowing when it is right to show vulnerability when it is right to show their true authenticity, because we all know they like to party as well, and and we don't want to see what they do at at ten o'clock on a Friday night when they're at home and they've got a whole lot of friends around and they're 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 dancing to you know heavy metal and they're <laughs> you know they've got their ten wines down like we we don't want to see that in the public eye like that's irresponsible and the integrity of that doesn't make sense to use it so let's be wise on those. And Boris didn't want uh, people to be seeing those videos either of uh, them whining and dining during COVID uh, uh, in the office as well. So we, we don't all need to see that. Um, so what, I guess in, in essence what you're sort of saying, Craig, is that, and I, and I, I love the sort of the way that you have framed and shaped it, this is that what a leader needs and what it needs to bring to the table. Um, there was probably those kind of leaders back in the day, but they were probably less on uh, because of media and because of the fact that uh, everyone that's walking around with a phone literally is walking around with a television studio and holding people to account. They could potentially have been like that, only we just only saw snippets of it where we seem to see a lot more of it today. You are very much exposed nowadays, and it's it's for anyone in life, right? You are exposed. You've, you have you know, your social component is now all online for anyone to see and you really can't delete it anymore because once it's out there it's out there and they've got the spotlight in front of them all the time so it is a tricky point and look if you're not trained for that if you don't have someone helping you around you know this is where to be careful this is the right time to do this type of thing people don't know what to do you know we're making it up as we go along if you think about in life we we go out we study something at university because we love it. We, in most cases, people will then utilize that to then go into the workplace. Even if they haven't, they've gone into a space that might be a tradie, for instance. Now they build up a whole lot of time, resources, they're learning on the job. The next minute they're tapped on the shoulder and said, you're now a people manager. Or someone's been a CEO of a company and been really successful, great business person, not in the media much. And next minute they get tapped on the shoulder and Oh, sorry, they then decide or someone helps promote them to now be in the limelight as a politician. Who's training them? And yeah. in most cases, there's been very little of that. So we turn up and we, we're kind of trying to make things up on the go. We're 
quite often we'll put up a front and try to be try to show everyone we we know we've got this and we know what we're doing when in most realizations we actually don't and so it's important that people are trained and ready for those and i I would hope when we're talking about politicians that they're trained but not over trained in a way that they become vanilla or they always keep telling us the same things or they just don't make a decision because they're too afraid to offend anyone one of your things craig your background in sports, you've 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 got quite the success as a as an athlete. Has this shaped your leadership approach? Is it has it is that for, for that foundations as a as an athlete, an elite athlete, sort of shaped the way that you go about your business? Is that the very foundation? Uh, very much so. I, I really think that. I mean, and I would add one more component. So let's talk about sport first. So first of all, I grew up in an environment where. My dad, my granddad's um, uncles and that were coaches. So from a service, they would be of service of people as a coach and coaching some good levels. Then um, my mum is very much as a nurse. She comes from a service orientated point of view as well. So I had that service background, that service mindset of being there. I was both internationally for both field hockey as a team and then also as an individual in sports like triathlon, duathlon, cycling, mountain biking. So I had these best of both worlds when it comes to sport. One is you're on your own, you rely on yourself, you can control a lot more things, uh, but you're a lot more exposed because if you're having a bad day, there's no one there to support you and help you. you you're, you're fully exposed. And you know there were races that I had 6,000 competitors and I won. So there's like one winner in 6,000 people. Now that's a completely different mindset to being in a field hockey team where, you know, you've pretty much got a 50% chance of winning. Yes, there could be a draw, but you've got a 50% chance of winning. And so you're more likely to win more often. So I was very fortunate to have both sides. But along the way, I was also coaching. So I could see it from a different lens. So I had the, the service, the, the act of service, and having that service mindset around how do I help other people? but I had the drive and the focus of being an individual athlete. But then I also could understand it from being part of a team and and a very diverse team. And so, you know, I talked about in sport where, you know, as I said, one in 6,000 chance of winning sometimes, that was the number of competitors. I played for a field hockey team that has a New Zealand record of going unbeaten for 272 games. That's right, 272 games, 16 years unbeaten. And what's fascinating is they actually lost one game in 21 years, from my understanding. They lost the, the game before I first played. Like I was only 13 years old. I was the youngest to play in this team, premier hockey team, small town, 5,000 people. And we would go up and beat towns of 100,000 people. And, you know, they even combined clubs to try and beat us. But we continued to win over 16 years. So I went five years before I left to go off to university where I never lost a game with the team. So you understand the mindset of how you can continually turn up and get better and be able to sustain everyone coming at you 100% all the time. Now, Craig, what was your secret? What was the secret? <laughs> the, and, and we're starting, like I'm actually interviewing every single player right now and I want to I, I get this out because we can't find anyone else internationally that has done the same thing as of yet. I'm sure there is. Uh, I know in individual sports, Jahangir Khan 
as an individual squash player, went 555 games before Ross Norman from New Zealand beat him. Now, that's extraordinary. You think wow. about the best professional teams, international teams, generally their unbeaten streaks are about 20, 20 to 30 most cases. There's the odd one that might get to 60 or 70, a couple of colleges in the US, maybe just over 100. The All Blacks, right? Most winningest sports team in the world. 23 games is their longest unbeaten streak. So it shows how difficult it is. Now, there's a few things that come into play. One is there's a, every, most teams go out to try and beat the other team. That was never our focus. Our focus was how do we evolve the game? How do we take the game further? And the All Blacks were very good at this for a good 10, 15 years. They've kind of lost this a little bit at the moment. They were always five years ahead. And so we were always trying to evolve it. So there's that component. And so we weren't trying to beat someone else. So as soon as they caught up to us, we were like thought they'd caught us, we were already steps ahead. There were We had a very diverse team. And inside that team, there was one core main leader for the entire time. But there was also four or five other leaders in the team of 11 on the field. Now, they all had their own roles. And if you look from the outside, most people would not have seen the leadership. Yeah. But they were actually there. So they, everyone kind of had their roles. We didn't even have to talk about it. It just happened. But the beauty of it was, and this is important, the best leaders in the world also are the best followers. They know when to switch between going into followership and leadership. And so in that team, we had people that in even what would be considered like representative teams may have been the captain in that team. They were just doing a role. They weren't the captain. They weren't making the big decisions. There were people that were managers of big banks. There were people who owned their own business. Uh, people like me who in every other hockey team I played in, I was the captain. You know, I was the head boy of the school. In that team, I just fulfilled a role. Yeah. And so it's that ability to realize your time and place and what your role is in it. And even for CEOs, and CEOs need to understand this, you are not always the leader when it comes to business. You need to understand when you need to be the follower in a certain project or a certain instance or, or a circumstance inside a company, you need to, to know when to sit back and fulfill the role that is needed in that moment and allow someone else to be the leader. And, and I think they are probably, uh, there's one more component. A core group of that team had actually played together, uh, so maybe five or six, had played together through high school. And so they'd been together quite a long time. And during that time, there were two coaches that came in from another province and actually Canterbury. So for those who play, uh, you know, no rugby, Christchurch has a big, or Canterbury have a big domination in rugby. Uh, they're pretty good at cricket too. So there's something in the water down there. But anyway, these coaches had really established that. And the coaching from then on of the other coaches kind of fulfilled that. So there was a depth of, there was a really strong grounding beforehand. And later on, we had quite a few people who actually went on to represent New Zealand um, in the New Zealand men's hockey team or the, the, the number two team or a junior team. Uh, along the way, and even masters, a lot of those who didn't make New Zealand team as a young age became New Zealand masters. So th there was just a real growth mindset that had been developed along the way. And we, you know, we weren't cocky. We had huge humility. 
um, and we had a great social presence. So after that game, we would socialize together. Outside of that, no, not so much. There might be in small groups, but when we were together, the, the club environment, everything was very connected. And when we had those difficult discussions and we had lots of them, we had lots of tension, you know, we had diversity, we were able to separate the problem from the person and deal with it quickly and then go and have a beer. Oh, I love this. Carms, I love this. I love this a lot because, and I'm getting, Craig, your number and I'm passing it over to the Wallabies because uh, we certainly need a little bit more help and support there. And if it comes from a Kiwi, no, don't you put that key. don't you give me that Kiwi line. You've already got Sir Steve Hansen, who's won two Rugby World Cups, who's working with Eddie this week. And uh, which is causing all sorts of funds. Like uh, they're actually talking about removing his citizenship, according to the New Zealand <laughs> Prime Minister. It's a bit of a joke there, by the way. I love um, it. But I it's think that's some good media headlines in New Zealand. That's for sure. Well, that highlights you know, the nature Calms, of competition. I, I, I love Carms. What, what what Craig was was saying there. Know when to lead, and also to know when to follow. And, mm. and I think. That is that's critical. I think it's it's such an important part of leadership, and funny enough, it's also an important part of media as well. Like to be a part in and and play a role in media because you you got to know when to put your hand up and say, "Hey, I've got something to say," and also to know when to hold back, yeah, and to and to let others do the talking and and present in front. And I I thought that'd be a nice little segue to get us back into sort of for, as a media podcast that it is. Um, that lead and follow stuff, I, I think it's important because it's not just as we were sort of coming up with the original first lot of leaders we were discussing, Craig, the, the, the strong, you know, alpha male type sort of doesn't have any other strings to their bow. They've got to have a little bit of everything. But from what I'm gathering completely of all of this is that a good leader can assess the situation and know whether they need to lead or need to follow at some point. Yeah, very much so. And look, I... I think we always need to be relentless, right? We need to be relentless in our pursuit of excellence, whether it be leading a company, whether it be uh, being a thought leader, being someone of an expert opinion or being the leader in an industry. Yes, we do need that relentless pursuit of excellence. We need that drive and it's so important. But we need to do it without being ruthless or reckless. So let's get on to media. Let's get on to media, Craig, because you've done quite a bit in your time. Does media like talking leadership i mean uh, what's been your experience working with the media a lot of the times media want to talk to you about leadership when things are going wrong uh which is which is fine right it catches it's, it's the center of attention in that moment but yeah they do i, I think it's important like they it, it's the decisions that are made that shape the human race you know a lot of the time what politicians do don't really shape the changes in the world we live in it's actually done through a lot of businesses and the leaders and and what the media portrays out there and so there's a great responsibility for both the media and the people they're speaking to to look at always through the lens of yeah sure there's going to be crisis sure there are going to be things that happen but rather than slamming someone into the ground or rather than just focusing on what actually happened how do we learn from that and what can we do to create a better environment for our future generations to enjoy what we live on. And I love talking about carry the torch. As a, as a kid, we are, you know, in our, if we look at it from a family situation, when you were born, you are passed the torch from the family. 
Your job is to carry that torch and protect it. Not only protect that torch, but you need to evolve that torch. So when you pass it on, you leave it in a better condition than when you found it. And it's the same in any role you have and any opportunity you have. And I always see that when I'm with media. How do I use that opportunity to whatever's been put in front of us? How do we, what is my responsibility there? That is to make sure that torch and whatever it is in that environment, I protect it. But most importantly, we evolve it and take it to a better place. What can we learn? What can we do to make sure we enhance the human race? We enhance the world. We enhance that business to be better than what it was. So you're often being asked by media, like you point out, Craig, to critique or assess the performance of leaders in the media when things go wrong. Maybe let's flip the head on that. Have you noticed any media, uh, many, any leaders fronting the media and doing it really well right now? Yeah, look, it's a, it's a good question. I mean, look, we, we've seen, I mean, obviously over the last couple of years, we've seen those instances where someone like a Jacinda Ardern did really, really well during times of crisis in New Zealand. Um, she's probably kind of left her position, in, you know, not positioned as high as she was in the world. But we're all human as well. We can't get everything right. And and obviously she showed that she had tried to take on too much, hadn't quite got everything, but she'd done some amazing things. Uh, I, I know in AFL this week, we're seeing people where, uh, you know, the CEO, there is you know, an issue happened in a game which has affected, you know, Adelaide from making the AFL finals, for instance. And in that, they fronted the media and said, look, you know, we, we made a mistake. So they were they fronted it quickly, and that's the key when in a crisis happens, when something does go wrong, being able to do it quickly and openly, but without you know, without pointing the finger at someone, being able to do it and go, hey, we take responsibility, we yeah. get this, like we made a mistake. I think that Craig, that's such a good, I, I, that's a great example. Gil McLaughlin AFL coming out on the Sunday after. The Saturday night game, uh, Adelaide versus Sydney, within the last 60 seconds, uh, a goal was uh, scored, but the umpire called it a point and, and didn't go to the review system under the processes that he was supposed to go. But um, there was a lot of stink. There was a lot of uh, – and, and social media is in, in its nature also a fairly hostile and uh, a place that uh, doesn't really see – uh, things plainly it sees the dark side of a lot mm. of things and and he went to snuff that out and I think it's a great example uh, particularly because AFL is such a big brand and as that leader of that brand he has come forward and and taken the front step and I think is that what we're looking for more Craig from our leaders is to to stand up to to take that first step to to be also human don't necessarily have to be that scripted response just deliver uh, and, and put that fire out because the way he went about that, he snuffed it out pretty quickly. It's sure there was turmoil continuing on over the next 48 hours, but it was a, a tiny fire compared to what would have been a massive blaze had he not. Yeah, 100%. I, I think, you know, it's it, what he's done is, is really good because quite often the umpires are a protected species, right? <laughs> they get protected. No, we're not commenting on that. No, they're not allowed to share anything. No, we, we're, we're not touching that. It's done, etc. So it is really good that they take ownership of that. And look, as you said, you know, we're all human. We all make mistakes. And I think it's that important that we show that responsibility in that setting. Um, 
and and being authentic, right? We don't want the script all the time. If I go back to um, Zelensky, right, Vladimir Zelensky, in his first press conference when when Russia invaded Ukraine, for instance, he was in his suit and tie, he was all dressed up, etc. And he was reading off the script and you, off the teleprompter. And look, the things he said were amazing and it was the right things to say, but it was very scripted. Yeah. Second time around, he turns up in a hoodie. He's got, he pulls a chair up. He sits down. He gets with the people. He shakes someone's hand and he becomes human. Yeah. And, and that was a beautiful moment in time. And to me, that showed true leadership. It took away the title it took away the perfectionism of of what we need to hear in the media and just went you know what in this moment we just need to be a human being and 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 just share exactly what went wrong and and say hey look this is what we did you know we know this was right this may have been wrong and here are the steps we're going to take in the future and that's so important in any crisis you know all leaders the ones who survived, and this happened at the beginning of COVID, those who stood up and said, had had clarity, right? This is what we know, that's clarity. This is what we don't know, by the way, that's also clarity and certainty, and certainty for both. And this is what we're going to do next. And, and whether that next is actually the right thing or not, at least they're going, showing some, some clear direction on what path we're taking next. And people need that decisiveness they need that clarity they need some certainty that they, they will give you grace if you don't quite get it right as long as we know where we're going and we can kind of take that weight off our shoulders of worry and stress and and annoyance or if it's in this afl situation you know the the volatility and the fire and the passion and the that we have because we want to hurt them because they made a mistake and damn it they ruined my life and i'm gonna die and everyone the world's ended <laughs> so it's a beautiful thing that he's done. Yeah. And you'll still get some haters. Oh, you will. You will. And unfortunately, with social media and even some aspects of the the broader media, people still think it's okay to graffiti the the walls of a person or graffiti the front shop of something. And by the way, social media is the front shop of a business and the front shop of a personal brand. And it's like someone walking up and torching the front of your house and tagging and, and writing mean things all over it. That, yeah. That's what, you know, for those haters in social media, I, I just want you to take a, a time to step back and go, hey, would you like it if someone come and burned your house down? Yeah. Oh, it's God. a bit like that, that isn't it? Yeah. for all the haters. Yeah. Hopefully they're not listening Craig, to this. we've got a little bit of homework. <laughs> well, that, no, no, no. We, we only have reputable listeners on yes. this uh, podcast, Calms. You know Non-trolls. That. Now, we've Great got a people. little... With no troll, no trolling. Hey, we've got a few things to get through here, Craig, before we finish up. So quickly, Speakers Tribe, Speakers Institute, uh, Sam Cawthorn, your work there I, I think is phenomenal. You've built an amazing program for speakers to learn from other speakers, to, to build a community there. How's that all travelling? Yeah, really good. So we, we've got uh, a couple of companies there. We've got Speakers Institute, which looks after personal development, <laughs> Anyone is looking as an individual to upgrade their public speaking, become a thought leader, be a keynote speaker, we work there. Then we have the corporate arm, which focuses on communication, leadership, well-being, sales, mindset strategy, inside companies, you know, in that aspect. And then we have Speakers Tribe, which is a not-for-profit where 
those that have gone through Speakers Institute, it's a place for them to where they can practice and continually evolve and, and kind of learn off each other in collaboration. Yeah, so it's a really like it's a great place. I I've just been away, you know, working with some of the people that are coming through and we have some amazing minds in this world. We have some incredible people who have experienced things in their life, good and bad, but turn those into lessons that people can uh, learn and and you know become better human beings from in this world. And so I just I love being in that environment, but it's it's a place for you know for me. I wish I'd done it as a as a teenager and and learned the skills there because it is so powerful to be able to share a message to the world and and you get to do this in what you do in the media. You know yep. those stories of being able to really help someone overcome something and be a better human. You know, interesting. Someone made a uh, shared a stat with me the other day. It's something like 16% of, only 16% of humans have a positive balance of positive thoughts in their minds every day. 84% have more negative thoughts than positive thoughts per day, which is scary. Yeah, so we need is. more people out there that, that are able to create these thoughts and ideas and craft ways to help people improve whatever it is in life. There's your social media stat there, Calms. There's 84% you see on social media is the negative. It's the trolling. It's the, the bad stuff. You've, you've, you've nailed it, Craig. Yeah, 100%. And by the way, if you don't have trolls, you're not playing a big enough game. Ooh. <laughs> oh, there, there you is. go. All That's right, we've be... got tons of trolls on the podcast. <laughs> They're everywhere. <laughs> we get trolled all the time. <laughs> let's, let's, let's invite them back in. And, and, and hmm. before I let you go, Craig, your podcast, you're a, you're a podcaster. You wouldn't know it. You just speak so fluently and so beautifully. Um, <laughs> how's that going? And, uh, and do you enjoy it? Ah, uh, look, inspiring great leaders. I, this is a great question because yesterday, we released the 200th episode. Well done. Um, which, you know, I think the average tenure of a podcast is seven episodes. Yes. And there's, uh, so, so to get to that, I'm, you know, it, it's something I'm, I'm very blessed to be able to have conversations with incredible people around the world and share those with people who may not have the courage or may not feel like they have the opportunity to reach out to these people. And so I got to interview a wonderful human named Andrew May, who's a mindset coach. He's a great speaker. He's working with Manly Seagulls right now and a number of other different people, defense, et cetera. And so that's about high performance teams. And that was right up my alley. So it was a good one to do 200. Uh, And I'm going to start a new one in the next few weeks as well, a second one, which is gravity of leadership. And that one there will just be me speaking on it. Yep. and sharing the insights around what gravity of leadership is in the run-up to when I launch the book next year. So that's an exciting one as well, uh, which I get to do. Look at that, Carl. Very he's nice. got a book coming out as well. He's got a, he's got a, a young fellow running around at home and there's a, it's just everything's going on at the Craig Johns household and uh, <laughs> I just don't know where you find the time to do it. As they said in Shawshank Redemption, you're better to get busy living than busy dying. Oh, <laughs> he's got a line for everything, Carl. There it is. He's got a line for everything. There's a good podcaster. Mm. Well, thank you, Craig. If people, people, if if we, if you want to get in contact with Craig Johns, how do they do it, Craig? Beautiful. You can either go. You can either catch me at LinkedIn, Craig Johns. There you'll find me. Otherwise, craigjohns.com.au and also speakersinstitutecorporate.com. So they're the places you'll find me. 
and you can see what we do. We're always sharing a lot of thoughts and ideas and even strategies and techniques to, from a communications perspective to help people. And for me, I just love serving and, you know, making sure that I leave a legacy that is positive and, you know, being able to carry that torch and, and leave the world in a better place than I found it. Uh, good man, Craig. Well done. And comes uh, Fran Hughes is uh, heads up the Perth chapter there of uh, the, the tribe and uh, a very big advocate for that. And uh, you're good mates with, uh, good with mate, Fran Carms. former podcast uh, guest as well. She certainly has been. Yes. Yeah, you can go well, back fantastic. and find that one here at well, the experts. Yeah, go through it. And, and by the way, can I just thank all the listeners? We've had an amazing uh, 14 days of the podcast and it has no reflection on the fact that Carmen hasn't been around. I'm expecting <laughs> the numbers to fly off the back of this one. <laughs> wow. And uh, But I do thank you, the listeners, because it wouldn't be a show without you and uh, really do appreciate you listening. Thank you again, Craig, for joining us and thank you. Uh, we look forward to having your company when we speak to another expert or another media next week. You've been listening to the Experts Podcast, powered by Media Stable. If you'd like to get in contact with the team, head to mediastable.com.au.